Is the market going to crash or is the market going up? Well, it depends who you talk to and who you trust for financial advice. We'll talk about that on today's episode. Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Welcome back to the show and thank you so much for tuning in once again. It's Andrew LaFleur here and I hope you're enjoying the summer. We're recording this episode in August 2017 and uh, let's jump right into the topic. As I said in the intro and the title of this podcast, who do you trust for financial advice? I think it's an important question to ask, especially right now when the market is in transition and uh, after a very, very hot run. The market now, overall market, of course, we're not talking about the downtown condo market. I'm talking about the overall real estate market for the GTA. Showing signs of slowing down the past few months and the introduction of the foreign buyers tax uh, a few months ago seemed to trigger a series of events. And now the market today is quite different than it was a few months ago. So you're getting all sorts of headlines and all sorts of chatter from the real estate bears, those people who believe that the market is going to crash as opposed to the real estate bulls who've been uh, dominating the discussion for the last couple of years as the market has been going up. So now it seems it's the real estate bears turn in the spotlight and they are relishing the moment. They are uh, active on social media and they're uh, happily throwing statistics around that they believe show that the market is about to crash. And this episode was partly inspired by uh, one of those articles and one of those uh, pieces of media that was put out by uh, one of these real estate bear types. And it was sent to me on email and I'll include a link to it if you want to check it out in the show notes for this episode, which you can get at truecondos.com forward slash podcast. And basically, it's uh, the the article, the headline is pretty self-explanatory. Canada's entire housing market is on the verge of collapse, says the headline. It's on the verge of collapse. Sounds pretty scary, right? The entire housing market for the entire country is on the verge of collapse, uh, they're claiming. So... Um, it's interesting uh, when you when you when you look at this article, like many of the articles out there. So many times, the people who are writing it, the people behind these articles, the people behind this type of thinking and this type of this way of looking at the market, the real estate market, is people who are selling financial products. Um, and it's quite uh, obviously just the, the the inherent bias to it. You need to understand as you're as you're um, investing in real estate, as you're studying the market, and as you're reading different things from different sources, which of course you always should do, you should look at different opinions from different people. Don't just listen to what I have to say, although please keep listening to the podcast, of course. I really appreciate your support. Um, but uh, so often is the case that if you look behind the headline, who's writing the article claiming that uh, uh, everything is going to hell in a handbasket and the market's going to tank and everyone's going to lose their shirt and prices are going to be down 50% or whatever it might be. Um, it's almost always a financial uh, related company backing it who is selling financial products. They want you to put their your money 
with them to invest as opposed to in real estate markets. They're trying to use scare tactics to scare you away from buying real estate, investing in real estate. Um, and many, many times they have books to sell, seminars to sell, um, courses to sell. And, uh, and so there you go. Obviously that is always important to check the source. Uh, in this case, like I said, it's almost always, um, they're selling financial products. So it is what it is. Um, but yeah, it's, it, uh, again, who do you trust for financial advice is what I want to talk about. Um, and when you look at, you know, this specific report, the entire housing market on the verge of collapse, and they're just, they bring up a couple of stats from the past couple of months. Um, you know, sales are, sales are down. Inventory is up. The number of homes available for sale is up. Um, and, uh, and they're saying prices have come down in the past couple of months compared to what they were a couple of months ago. So there you go. The whole thing is all going to crash and it's all, um, it's all over. The party's over. It's going to be just a, an absolute, um, there's going to be blood in the streets and it's going to be terrible. Um, so there are many things, however, <laughs> there are many things that these real estate bear types fail to mention, fail to see, fail to report, fail to bring up, um, whether it's on purpose or whether it's, they just only look at the things that support, uh, their belief, who knows, probably, you know, it's, it's a little bit of both, but my point with this is I want to talk about, um, a list of things. I've got about 15 or 20 things here that I just brainstormed off the top of my head reading this article and thinking, well, what, what are they? Yes, it's true that sales have come down. Yes, it's true that uh, inventory is up. Yes, it's true that prices have come down as an average overall for the market from a couple of months ago until right now. But what else is going on here? There's, of course, many things also happening in the market that they are failing to mention and many reasons why I believe the market is not going to collapse, absolutely not going to collapse. And the market will continue to be strong. Essentially, the fundamentals of the market remain the same. And there is no reason to believe that the pattern that has been happening in the market for the last 15 years will not continue. That is continuous um, upward growth. Again, I've said many times on the podcast, I'm not here to tell you that real estate prices always go up. I'm not here to tell you that uh, rental prices uh, always go up. But uh, I'm here to simply point out that there's nothing, if you dig beneath the surface, there's nothing uh, to lead us to believe that the pattern, which is well established over the last 15, 20 years in the greater Toronto area of continued growth will not continue. Sure, there may be blips along the way. Sure, there's ups, there's downs. Uh, there are changes in the market. It's not a continuous upward path forever. That's not how the market behaves. But um, as Brad Lamb and other people have noted many times over the last several years, absent in the absence of a recession, in the absence of a major um uh, decrease in jobs and job growth in wages, uh, and in the absence of much higher interest rates, the pattern will continue. So there, that's the fundamental concept here is, is, uh, 
is the fundamentals of the market have not changed and the pattern will continue. I've got, as I said, I got about 15 or 20 points here. I probably won't go through every single one in detail, but there's three points, three sort of key points that I want to point out to you. These are the three, three key things that the real estate bears in this article and other articles like it that are proclaiming the collapse of the market is upon us or is, is happening or is, a, is about to happen. There are, uh, these are three things that, again, are just, you know, very important points to, to look at. If you're in the camp that thinks the real estate market's going to collapse or if you're tempted to believe that or if you're, uh, if you're being wooed by these types of uh, articles that are out there get, coming into your inbox or on your social media or wherever you're, you're seeing them, uh, again, these articles and the types the people that are writing these articles, they're failing to mention a lot of things. And here are a few important ones to, to remember. Number one is, especially in this article, there's, they're saying the, the, uh, you know, the, the inventory is up dramatically. And that's a, is a very important number. Obviously the number of homes available for sale is up dramatically from last year, 2016 to this year. Yes, that's totally true. Because the inventory levels in 2016 were at historic lows. Um, so the, the, the number of homes available for sale last year and for most of the past year has been unbelievably low. It's been a very unusual time in the history of the real estate market over the last 50 years. And nothing like this has ever happened before. So inventory is up, yes, but that's because it's coming off of historic lows. If you look beyond last year, which again is something that these guys uh, don't like to do because it doesn't fit their case that they're trying to prove. But what do you know? I did take the time and I looked beyond last year. And very quickly, you see that the inventory levels today are very much on par with the normal inventory levels over the last five or 10 years in the GTA. In fact, if you look, again, you don't have to go back very far. You just go back over the previous five years to this year. Look at the previous five years to this year, and you'll notice that the number of homes available for sale today in 2017 is actually less than three out of the last five years. So three out of the last five years previously, had we had more homes available for sale than we do right now. We had more homes available for sale in 2012 at this time than we do right now. We had more homes available for sale in 2012. So five years ago, when the population of the GTA was approximately 500,000 people less, half a million people, are you listening? Half a million people less in this region, approximately, and we had more homes available for sale than we do today. Does that sound like a market that's about to collapse? I don't think so. Um, again, and that's just not one year. If you look at it, three out of the last five, the previous five years, there were more properties available for sale than there are today. The population today is much higher than it was in the previous years. We have more people. We have less homes available for sale than three out of the last five years. What happened in three out of the, what happened over those previous five years? Prices went up. Um, so prices went up when we had more inventory than we do now. Okay. 
So again, if we had a situation where inventory was, uh, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50% higher than it has been over the last five years or 10 years, that would be a definitely a cause for concern. Inventory levels would be shooting up way beyond what is normally out there. Even though the population growth has been significant every year, that would be a cause for concern, but that is not the case. Yes, inventory levels are up significantly from last year, but again, last year was an anomaly. Last year was a historically low year. And last year, low inventory numbers produced 30% price increases, which again, let's talk about that for a moment and shift gears. The 30% price increases that we've been seeing over the, over the last year, um, again, we're an anomaly. We're not something sustainable. I've been on record on this podcast and on the blog and on videos many, many times over the last year, warning and uh, advising and, and telling people that not to get used to 30% price increases. That is an unusual situation. That's not normal. Uh, sure, it's fun. It's great at the time while it's happening. If you own property, it's, it's a nightmare if you're a buyer. But I was making the point saying this is not normal. It's not sustainable. Price increases will come back down to more normal levels, which is single digit price increases. Five to 10% range is, is, a, is a fairly healthy number. Although, you know, long, the long term average for the GTA is about five to 6% over the last 50, 60 years. So seeing numbers in the high double digits, not sustainable, um, not normal, should not expect it to continue, would be a terrible situation if that continued, um, and creates a situation where gravity sets in. When prices rise so much in such a short period of time, naturally a, a large percentage of the market is simply priced out of the market. They simply cannot afford to buy anything. Demand naturally curves off. Um, supply will naturally go up as as uh, as people see record prices, they're naturally going to think, okay, well, now's the time to cash in. Um, and those things have happened. And those two things happening will result in uh, a slowdown of those price increases. And that's exactly what we're seeing. We're seeing a slowdown in those price increases. Prices are still up compared to a year ago, but now they're only up around 5% versus a few months back, prices were up about 30%, 33% over the same time the year before. So again, gravity is setting into the market. Another side point, which I put out on Twitter and, and some people found interesting and, and thoughtful to consider, that is um, some people are looking at the numbers and they're saying uh, prices, the average price has come down uh, in some pockets, say 20%, the average price has come down 20% in the past few months. The average price of a home sold in, uh, in, uh, in March or April compared to the average price of a home sold in July. Again, seasonality has a lot to do with that. Prices always come down um, every year. They peak in the spring and they go down in the summer. That's a normal thing that happens. But Prices are saying, look, prices have come down 20%. Wow, that's, this, is, uh, this is crazy. Prices are, are going to collapse. Again, what they fail to realize, what they fail to mention is what happened right before that. Well, right before that, prices went up 30%. So they went up 30% in a very short period of time. And now 
depending on how you look at the numbers, you're arguing that prices are going down 20%. So up 30, down 20. And they're saying, look, this is, this is a collapse. Prices are down 20%. Well, I made the point on Twitter of saying, if something went up in, in price by 3%, just drop the zero off the end. If something went up in price by 3%, and then subsequently, shortly after that, it went down by 2%. So up three, down two. Would you describe that market as collapsing? No, you wouldn't. You would just describe that thing as it went up a little, it went down a little. It's back pretty much to where it was. It's still up from where it was, but it's pretty much just a little bump, a little anomaly. Things went up a little, then they went down a little. So if, if, if something is, if you wouldn't say that a market that goes up 3% and then down 2% is, is, you wouldn't say that's a collapse, then why would you call a market that went up 30% and went down 20% a collapse? It's not a collapse. It's simply a returning to normal. It's simply a returning to where things typically were, where things were, you know, where things have been for the past 50 or 60 years. Again, average price increases in GTA is about 5 to 6% over the last 50, 60 years. Um, okay, so getting back on track to uh, what the bears are failing to mention, we talked about how they're not looking beyond last year. They're just looking at this year versus last year. Another thing that they're failing to do is they're not looking at the rental market at all. They're simply looking at the stats that Treb is putting out on sales. They're not analyzing the rental market, um, and they're not acknowledging the fact, and the reality is that the, that the rental market and the uh, for sale market, these are it's all one housing market. People need a place to live, whether they're buying or they're renting. It's all connected. Everything is interconnected. You need to look at the whole of the market to get a sense of, what's happening in the market and where the direction of the market is likely heading. Whether we have a shortage of places to live or whether we have a surplus of places to live. And when you look at the rental market, again, as I talk about constantly, almost every single episode here, the rental market is absolutely on fire. The rental, rental, uh, and you do see some headlines out there. Bloomberg put out an article uh, about renting is a nightmare in Toronto. And it is. Rental prices are up now. I just looked at the latest statistics hot off the presses. They're up now. The biggest number that I have seen in uh, ever is the current rental rates are up 13% for downtown, the downtown core for condos. The downtown core, which is sort of the biggest rental um, market in the GTA, uh, which is, is, a, is a good indicator of the, what's going to happen or what is happening in the overall market. Rents are increasing at an at a annualized rate of 13% in the downtown core, 13% year over year. Again, typical increases are around 1%, 2%, something like that. That is, has been normal over the past 5 to 10 years. We are now at 13%. We have been in double-digit territory, 9 10 11% for the past almost a year now, not quite. But this is the biggest number that I have ever seen, 13%. So there's a major rental shortage, no question about it. We have, there's, there's nowhere to, to, to live. So if you're not going to buy something, you're going to rent something. Uh, again, these markets are all interconnected. If rents are increasing at 13% year over year, if there is if, if vacancy rates are at historic lows, 
it just is uh, illogical to think that the real estate market is going to crash. It makes no sense. Rental prices are rising so quickly because there's nowhere for people to live. Okay, the alternative is to buy something. Um, as rental rates continue to increase, it will push more and more people into becoming buyers because they're going to say, I'm paying more and more and more rent. It's starting to make more and more sense for me to become a buyer instead of a renter. Or if this, if that doesn't happen and people just decide, you know what, I'm going to more and more people decide to rent. Uh, it's just going to make the situation better and better and better for investors. And more and more uh, people will be buying properties, especially condos, to rent out because those, as investments, those are going to make more and more sense as rental prices continue to increase at double digits. Again, this is a, it's not how most people think. It's not the level of analysis that most people do, but this is the level of analysis that you have to get to if you want to be a successful condo investor. If you want to make money at this in the long term, you got to see the trends before. The, the people on the street, so-called, uh, understand what's happening. And if you look at how quickly rental rates are increasing and how this has been going on for almost a year now and how this is likely to continue over the next year, then you quickly can extrapolate rental prices two, three, four years from now are going to be shockingly higher than they are today. People are going to wake up four or five years from now and realize how expensive it is to rent in this city, and they're going to say, Frig, I should have bought more property four or five years ago because look at the cap rates. Look at the return on investment you can get if you had a bought three, four, or five years ago on these properties. If I had known that rental rates were going to be as high as they are now, I would have bought more three, four, or five years ago. So that is why I am buying today and that is why my clients are buying today because they understand where rental rates are going because they're looking beyond the headlines, they're analyzing these things, they're checking out the stats, they're listening to this podcast, and they're educating themselves on the reality of the market instead of just listening to the uh, non, you know, the, the alarmist and sensational headlines like in this article that's you know, kind of inspired this post. Canada's, in, Canada's entire housing market is on the verge of collapse. Interesting. So <laughs> um, let's let's continue on. Another thing that another thing that's uh, related to the rental uh, conversation is the rent to price ratio in Toronto still is some of the best for from an investment perspective of any major North American city. If you look at the rental price to the sale price. Now, a lot of uh, bears will point to that and they'll say it's it's really bad. You can't buy a property and get positive cash flow in Toronto. Therefore, um, it's, uh, it's a bad investment. Therefore, prices are going to fall. But again, what they fail to see is when, it, when you compare Toronto with other cities in North America, other major cities, it's actually some of the best rent to price ratio from an investment perspective than any other city around. Again, I was uh, interviewed um, uh, the Scalina brothers on a recent podcast from Vancouver. You can listen to that. And um, one of the we had a conversation off air about investing in Toronto, investing in Vancouver, and they were shocked at the rents that you can get compared to the price that you're paying 
for condos in Toronto. They said, wow, that is so much better than Vancouver. That makes so much more sense as an investment than Vancouver. What do you mean you can actually get positive cash flow still in Toronto with 20, 25% down? Uh, that's pretty much unheard of in Vancouver. This is, this is their comments. Uh, as our fellow Canadians in, in, in our, our, you know, the, the other major uh, real estate city in Canada, Vancouver, saying this. This is not from my lips. This is from theirs. Um, coming from Vancouver, where their market is, is very hot right now, and their market is doing, in, is doing very, very well. Um, they're saying... Toronto is a standout. Toronto uh, rent to price ratio is is excellent. It's much better than it is in Vancouver. And it's if you look at New York, if you look at um, Los Angeles, San Francisco, you look at the major cities in North America and you put Toronto in there and you say, wow, actually, you know what? Toronto is a big city. It's a growing city. It's a world city. But you can still afford to you can you could still buy places downtown at an affordable price you can still um, buy places with 20 25 percent down and get positive cash flow and you're seeing tremendous rental growth um, it's a great place to invest it makes sense for the investor it still makes sense for the investor and investors are looking for places to put their money so there's money is going to continue to go into uh, Toronto real estate not all Toronto real estate, of course. I'm not talking about a detached home in uh, in Richmond Hill as a rental property. No, I'm talking about, um, we're talking about downtown condos primarily. They still make sense for investors. And that's where the, that's where the growth uh, is happening in the market. And that's why we invest in downtown condos and why we have been for, uh, why I have been for the past decade. Um, and also conversely, if you're a renter, if you're a renter, and again, we talked about this a minute ago, if you're a renter, you're looking at the amount you have to pay in rent versus the amount that you would have to pay if you own the place. It makes, it still makes sense to buy as well. If you can, you should buy. If you can, you should buy and you should not rent because, um, your landlord is making money off of you. you you put down if you can get your 20, 25% down, you're better off in many cases. Your monthly outlay is less if you own the, if you own the property than if you are renting it. Again, this is shocking news to a lot of the real estate bears who just look at average prices and average rents across the entire market and they say it's a bad investment, it's not cash flow positive. Again, they're not doing what we do. They're not looking, they're not peeling back the onion. They're not peeling back the layers. They're not doing deeper analysis. They're not looking for the opportunities that exist in the market. And so they're making conclusions and they're writing their headlines based on that. And they're saying it's a bad place to invest. Well, sure. It's a bad place. Again, if you're buying that detached home in Richmond Hill for $2 million and you're renting it out for $3,000 a month, duh, of course, that's a bad investment. Of course, that doesn't make any sense from a, from a rental property perspective. But if you're buying that downtown condo for 500,000 and you're renting it out for 2,500 a month and three, four, five years from now, that 2,500 a month has a chance to be $4,000 a month if, if rental appreciation continues. But even if it doesn't, you're still doing well. That's what we do. That's what the real estate bears don't. Um, 
and I have been going on here for quite a while. We're uh, we're approaching the uh, the thirty minute mark on the show. I've really only covered three out of my uh, sort of fifteen points I wanted to to talk about. Other things I'll just touch on very briefly. What else the real estate bears are failing to mention? GDP job job growth. So the economy in the GTA is very strong. Office vacancy rates. Office vacancy rates are the lowest in North America. If you have a company you're looking for a place to put that company, especially in the downtown core, good luck. There's nothing out there. Rents are are rising. We have the lowest interest rates in 50 years. Money is cheap. Um, money is has been cheap for many years, and and I am a strong believer that the interest rates will continue to be low. And I've talked about that in the podcast many times. Population growth. The city is growing again, especially people who are like this one here writing about Toronto from the States or from, you know, other provinces and other places in Canada that are, these people are not in Toronto. They don't understand what's happening in the city. They're not living it and breathing it. They don't understand what it means to be in a city that's growing. Most cities in North America are not growing at the rate uh, even close to what Toronto is growing at. Uh, again, we've another subject we've touched on so many times, how unique Toronto is just for the fact alone that it is growing and that is growing at a very fast rate, uh, very unique to any city in North America. Um, they don't, they, what else do they not talk about? They don't talk about, they talk about the market overall, but they don't look at the condo market, which is the fastest growing part of the overall market. And they don't understand that condos are the future. They don't understand that Ontario has a growth plan, that low rise housing is, you know, soon to new low rise housing is soon to become uh, an extinct sort of a thing. And everything is going condo. Everything is going up and not out. We are rapidly urbanizing as a region. And when you look at the condo market, the condo market is a seller's market. We have some of the lowest levels of inventory. We have the lowest level of inventory in the condo market than, we, than we've had since 2009. Lowest level of supply. So again, this is something they don't want you to hear. This is something they don't want uh, to put into their headlines because it doesn't fit the story. But the condo market is incredibly strong. Uh, they don't talk about the fact that the new condo supply, which Urbanation uh, reports on and others, Urbanation just uh, came out of their, their report, new condo supply available is at a 15-year low, 15-year low for new condo supply. And this is the biggest, um, this is our future housing supply. Uh, what else? What else? Um uh, we talked about, so just looking at my notes here, uh, mortgage arrears. So again, a lot of these headlines about the market collapsing, it's all about this, what's happening in, in Toronto and Canada is what happened in, in Florida and the US, uh, you know, 10 years ago. This is, Canada is finally going to get their version of this. This is a lot of the rhetoric that's out there. Again, one of the things that is dramatically different from the U.S. experience and the Canadian experience is the mortgage arrears. Mortgage arrears are basically, you know, at close to zero percent in Canada and in the GTA and across the country, uh, and they virtually they have not moved um, from that sort of zero line 
for like the last 10, 15 years. They're just always extremely low, close to zero, less than a percent. You look at the mortgage arrears, people who haven't paid their mortgage, who are behind on their mortgage payments in the U.S. going up to, leading up to their crash, they shot up like a rocket. People stopped paying their mortgages like crazy. Um, and that was a huge reason why the market collapsed. And a huge reason why people stopped paying their mortgages was because, this is another point, is because their mortgage rates went up dramatically. Their mortgage rates went up dramatically because they had these this subprime lending where they got these teaser rates for a year, extremely low. And then after that, the, the rates jumped up huge. And of course, they could not even really qualify for the mortgage in the first place for the low rate. Uh, they certainly couldn't qualify for the much higher rate. People stopped paying their mortgages. This was what was happening in the U.S. Again, this is not what's happening here. In fact, another point, we have some of the strictest lending policies and practices in the world. Have you tried to get a mortgage lately? Have any of these uh, bears ever tried to get a mortgage in Canada for an investment property, let alone your principal residence? It's extremely difficult. It's much harder today than it was six months ago, a year ago, five years ago. It's becoming harder and harder and harder to qualify and to get a mortgage um, in Canada because the because our banks are prudent. Our banks are doing things uh, and, and taking extra steps to ensure that uh, buyers can pay that make their payments. That never happened in the US. Um, and it was quite the opposite experience in the US where all kinds of people were getting mortgages who uh, certainly could should not have gotten them. So there you have it. That's uh, I'll, I'll leave it there. Um, just a whole bunch of things for you to think about and chew on. Um, as you're thinking about where the market is right now. But again, the, the point to hit home is that uh, the market is very strong. The market is not going anywhere. We are certainly in a, mar in a transition right now. We are certainly in a period where after increases of 30%, uh, which are completely unsustainable, we are returning to a more normalized market. And the market may be a bit uh, bumpy as an overall comment for the next you know, few months. But the condo market certainly is still very strong, very much a seller's market. Prices are still rising uh, quite significantly in the condo market. Um, and that will, uh, that will likely continue as well in, in the months ahead. Hopefully, the market overall in 2018 will return to a more normalized level with single-digit price increases and more normal inventory levels and uh, across the board. Okay, there you have it. I'll leave it there for now. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And until next time, happy investing, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.